I was like waiting to get on a plane. This is like years and years ago before I went to Hawaii. And I, my favorite thing to do when I'm waiting to get on a plane is to flip through all the magazines that I don't buy for myself. And I was looking <laughs> through one of like the travel magazines, like a Condé Nast or something. And these pages started falling out from it. Like these full, beautiful, like full spread images of Kauai. And I was like, oh my God, it's a sign. I gotta go. This is Sarah Dern, an associate editor at Atlas Obscura. A few years later, she followed those magazine pages and she planned a trip to Kauai. So me and my friend were driving to Waimea Canyon. And on the way there, I see this like wooden sign with yellow lettering that says Russian Fort Elizabeth. And I was like, huh? Like Russians? (laughs) This is Hawaii. (laughs) And I was like, can we, can we stop? Sarah did stop that day. And what she found was a place that has two names. Russian Fort Elizabeth, like it says on the sign she passed, and Pau'ula'ula, the native Hawaiian name. I'm Johanna Mayer, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, Sarah and I tell the story of this place with two names, and we talk about how those names both preserve history and erase it. After this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The story begins in the late 1700s with two Hawaiian kings. First, there's King Kamehameha. He's kind of the top dog in Hawaii at the time. He controls a lot of different islands. And then there's King Kamuli'i. He's the ruler of Kauai and a bit of a David to Kamehameha's Goliath. And these two kings, they've got beef. Kamehameha very badly wants to take over Kamuli'i's territory. So in 1796, Kamehameha set sail for Kauai. And not as a diplomat. He comes with 1,500 canoes, 10,000 warriors, half of whom have muskets. But then this big storm swamps all of Kamehameha's boats. And so all those warriors, they all go back to Kamehameha's kingdom and 
they kind of leave Kauai alone for a second. And obviously, Kamuli'i is pumped, and that's a great thing. So Kamuli'i gets to live in peace for a bit. But fast forward a few years, and it's the War of 1812. And this war was basically just a big land grab in the wake of the American Revolution. So there are all these British and American warships just kind of roving around the oceans. And the Americans eventually land in Hawaii, right in Kamuli'i's territory. So Kamali'i is like, ooh, maybe I can kind of use this to my advantage. And so the Americans need a place to hide ships. And they're like, hey, Kamali'i, like, can we hide some ships on your island? And he's like, yeah, but like, can you fight Kamehameha for me? And they're like, mm, okay. But they kind of like work out this sort of like tricky deal. But then the Americans leave because the War of 1812 ends. They leave in 1814. Kamali'i is now exposed to Kamehameha's vengeance for essentially letting the Americans hang out. He's like, I saw what you did there. Totally. Don't think I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So the Americans leave. And then in early 1815, this Russian trading vessel shipwrecks on Kamali'i's doorstep. He, you know, he just lost all these cannons, guns from the Americans who were helping him out. And then this ship like, crashes on his shore full of cannons and muskets and all the things he had just (laughs) lost from the Americans. Like, literally at the base of his compound, right? Like, not just on his island, but, like, outside of where he lived, right? Literally where (laughs) the fort is now built, which was the site of the royal compound. And he's like, oh, this is great. The gods clearly sent this to me, which is like... Someone smiling upon me. I would think that too, right? (laughs) Like, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) What other explanation could there be? (laughs) So this magical motherload of weapons just washes up into Kamuli'i's backyard. But Russia is like, uh, we kind of needed that stuff. So they send someone to go get it all back. He's a doctor, and his name is George Schaefer. And basically, all he was there to do is secure trading rights and also negotiate the return of this trading vessel's cargo, the same cargo that Kumali was like, these are mine. (laughs) Also, it's like one one guy, you know? They sent, like, a guy. (laughs) They're like, please, can we have some cannons? Yeah. They were ours first. A surgeon? They sent just like an imposing doctor to come ask for yeah. the stuff back. So George Schaefer lands in Hawaii. And knowing that Kamehameha is the top dog, he hits him up first to see if he can get him to help out with this whole cargo situation. But Kamehameha doesn't bite. No deal. So then Schaefer has no choice but to go to Kamuli'i. Just go straight to the source. And he's basically like, like, give me my cargo back. And then Kamuli'i basically tells Schaefer, like, hey, I'll give you that cargo, but will you help me protect my kingdom from Kamehameha? I will give my island to Russia. What? Yeah. Wait, he offered his island to Russia? Yeah, because he basically would rather be Russian than part of Kamehameha's kingdom. He's like, it's the lesser of two eels. The beef was that strong. 
I mean, I bet it also doesn't hurt to be on the good side of a giant, powerful nation. Yeah, he needs someone on on his side who can go after Kamehameha. And he's like, Russia is huge. Russia has lots of cannons and muskets, as I've yes. learned from the <laughs> shipwreck. And I'll just do that. And Schaefer... You know, it's, again, like, this one guy who's, he's like, that sounds great, yes. And he just sends a letter to the Russian government in St. Petersburg (laughs) being like, hey, guys, look what I did. (laughs) Schaefer, who at this point is probably feeling very pleased with himself and this big deal he struck, sets up camp on Kauai. Kamuli basically gives him a piece of land on the island's north shore, which Schaefer names... Schaeferthal, which basically okay. means Schaefer's Valley. So clearly this guy's very low-key. Um, <laughs> yeah, Schaefer sounds like a really chill dude all around. So chill. Schaefer and his crew start building a couple small forts on their end of the island. They're in the European style, made out of wood. Meanwhile, on the opposite end of the island, Kamuli'i and a largely Hawaiian workforce build a different fort. And even though he already has his two forts on the other side of the island, Schaefer wants this fort, too. But it was clearly, Kamuli really saw it as his fort. It was on the royal compound. It was made of volcanic rock and earth. So, like, traditional Hawaiian building materials. Yeah. And Hawaiians called it Pauluula, which means red enclosure. Kamuli named his fort Pauluula. Schaefer just saw it as his fort and named it Fort Elizabeth. So they're essentially calling this fort by two different names. Correct. Meanwhile, mail moves really slowly at this time. Schaefer's letter, in which he's proclaiming his great diplomatic move of securing this Hawaiian island, finally reaches Russia. And are they like... Who are you? I mean, yeah, it's like some random guy sending a letter to the president being like, hey, I got us an island. And just like imagine the Russian official who is opening these letters and is like, what? (laughs) You know? And so they send a letter back being like, no. Oh, dear. And Kamuli'i gets wind of it. And this relationship between Kamuli'i and Schaefer completely disintegrates. And... You know, at that point, Kamui has to kind of save face with Kamehameha. So he Uh drives Schaefer off the island, and Schaefer and his crew escape into this, like, badly leaking boat um, where they can kind of, like, strand themselves on Oahu. And Oahu, meanwhile, is, like, Kamehameha's territory. You know, that's his kingdom. (laughs) Um, So they have to, like, wait around hanging out with Kamehameha, who they just... You know. Oh, very awkward situation. Yeah, very, very awkward. Honestly, it seems like a fitting end for Mr. Schaefer. Right? So what happened to the forts? Kamuli'i and his descendants continue to occupy Paula'ula. They garrison the fort with their own troops. They sometimes even use it as a burial ground in a prison. So it's definitely still Hawaiian. It's their fort. In the 1860s, it was largely abandoned and the buildings were dismantled, so only the outer walls were left. And so in early 1885, you start having, like, surveyors and archaeologists coming to the fort. At this point, 
another guy shows up. In fact, his name is also George, George Jackson. He's a former British Navy officer, and he draws a rendering of the fort at Paulula. And George Jackson writes something on this drawing that ends up having some very lasting implications. He writes, Plan of Old Russian Fort, Waimea, Kauai. So you can trace back the sort of erasure of the Hawaiian history at the fort to that moment. This story's so wild to me because it's like two of the key players in this were just like these random dudes <laughs> who don't seem, who have like somehow washed up on the shores of Hawaii that like yeah. no one, no one has authorized these people to do anything. Like they're not, they're just like these dudes um, who make a decision that somehow sets off this entire series of events. I mean, this is how history gets erased. Almost a century after George Jackson makes his drawing of, quote, old Russian fort, the fort becomes a state park, and the name sticks. On the National Park Service, the site is still listed as Russian fort slash Fort Elizabeth. So both of those names are incorrect, essentially, in in my view. The kind of correct, quote-unquote, name would be Paolo'ula, since that is the native Hawaiian name. That was the name. Place names always matter, and they, like, tell you a lot about a history of a place. I mean, you think about the vast indigenous history in, in America. Like, you know, most of our places aren't using the original names that were the names of those places for centuries. There's not much left at Paulula these days, mostly some big piles of volcanic rock. But there is a statue. Sarah saw it on her visit a few years ago. There's this beautiful bronze statue of this imposing man, broad-chested. He's wearing a traditional Hawaiian dress, and he just has his arms crossed and looks very, like, serious. And he's up on this volcanic rock pedestal. It's a statue of Kamuli'i, and the person who posed for it was actually one of his descendants. I think the thing that's most important is that this is a living history. Like, these are living people who are dealing with this legacy, who are descendants of this man, who are trying to reestablish that history and that importance of this person. That was Atlas Obscura's associate editor, Sarah Dern, talking about Paulula or Russian Fort Elizabeth. You can read her full article about the fort on atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our show notes. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by Manolo Morales and mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Johanna Mayer, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. 
Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.